every darn night something else. And those of you who have been listening for a, for a little while have probably known that I've mentioned ExploreNet. ExploreNet is the satellite service that I use because I'm in the rural uh, regions. And uh, how they give you problems. They, they, when you first sign on, your first two months is, is good. Quite not, not a bad speed. Not to what they claim, but it's not bad at all. And then once that's in, you're, you're locked in on your payment plan, uh, then we kick in with their fair use policy. I'm going to explain what happened last night because it was quite the thing. It was up to about 2 in the morning with it, 3 in the morning. To tell you how I got the runaround from them, back with more after these messages. daily here, daily. I mean, no one in their right mind would do what I, I'm doing here, because it's, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. It's one thing after another. And I've mentioned before, if you're doing the right thing, uh, things happen to you. Things will happen to you. And the real world, world works really differently from the movies. Uh, a lot can be done by the old boys network where someone in some government capacity even, can give the nod and the wink to a friend, an old school chump, at the head of a big company that I'd happen to be using, you see. And they can give you a lot of trouble. Like, like as I say, you can't upload to sites. Or suddenly, like what happened after, the very night I mentioned on the air, ExploreNet, and the problems I was having, that very night the satellite cut off completely. Now I spent, that was on August the 12th, that very night at 9 p.m., right at the end of the show, off it went. And uh, I'd had bad speed right up until then, but it was dead. So I talked to different people at ExploreNet, and they, were, they, they had me on the phone for hours explaining to me, oh, it could be your dish needing realigned, and it could be this, and it could be that. Try this, try that. And you go through this rigmarole with them. So eventually, I had to fork out the cash, get a guy to come here, and uh, that was a joke in itself because the woman who uh, had explored that, who was looking for someone to come here, uh, when I was writing down the names, it suddenly dawned on me, these guys that would come to fix it were from Alberta. I'm in Ontario. Uh, I thought, boy, that'll cost me some money, that, right, won't it? So I says, no, I says, Sudbury's not far. There's people in Sudbury. And I phoned someone myself and got them out here. Anyway, after lightening my wallet incredibly for placement of parts that I'm sure it didn't even need. You see, this is what they do to a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, then it, it starts to work, but no real improvement in the speed. And just over the last week or so, it's got worse and worse. You're, you're restarting it ten times when you're uploading in a night for three hours, ten times to restart it. But last night, I got a hold of uh, a, a nice girl, it was called Megan, who talked like a bureaucrat, though they all talk like bureaucrats because of their official policy as to how to respond to customers, which is always vaguely, that that's the definite, the vague could be vague. And I was trying to find out what had happened, you see, and I says, look, this thing just got fixed, supposedly, and, uh, and now it's, I can't upload and she says, oh, that's because um, you've tripped the fair use policy, you see. 
now you're paying about 100 a month for, for to use this thing. And this only gets used to upload at night. That's it. And uh, I, I asked her to explain what's the limit for fair use policy, and she couldn't tell me. I asked her if there was anyone there who could, and no one could tell me. So it's arbitrary, you see. In other words, if uh, they'll pick on certain people, obviously, since there's new customers coming in all the time. And because they have to purchase their bandwidth from Hughes Satellite Company, the big military industrial boys, then obviously once they've got enough people in, they want more customers at the same time, they have to cut back your bandwidth. So in other words, it's a rubber band policy. You see, it depends how many people they're bringing in new and sharing the bandwidth with, then they'll, they'll cut you back if you're an, an old-time customer and you haven't said too, too much in the complaint departments. So I says to her, says, this is ridiculous. This has been going on for over two years. And I says, who's your boss since you told me? And I says, well, I invite your boss to come on the radio show so that he can, he, he can, he can tell me and, and all the listeners and potential customers maybe and customers, because I know, I know ExploreNet goes all the way from Alaska all the way down to California. And a lot of people in New York State and, and the rural areas have it too. And a lot, so a lot of the listeners tell me this. And I'm always getting asked what to use, you see, to advise them on, on getting if they want uh, something a bit higher, a bit higher than dial-up. <clears throat> so I invited the, the boss on the show to explain this rubber band policy uh, that, that, uh, that is so vague that no one seems to understand it at all. But the problem is, you see, I'm fixed in. And I won't get an answer, obviously, but they've got me fixed in on a computer that as soon as I use a certain amount of, of bytes, bang, they just cut me right off. See, this is like the bureaucratic system of socialism, too. It's so interesting that corporations work exactly the same way as governments and bureaucracies, with the same kind of people who deal with the public, you know they have those eyes that they're kind of like lobsters? There's just no expression there as, they, as they, they reel out their formulas to you, you know, and go around in circles with you. Literally, they go around in circles. And it's no coincidence that they quickly said that the new, the new world system, the new feudal system they'll bring in will be run by corporations. Because really, uh, corporations are, and this is taught in economics, big corporations now have bureaucracies just like government. They're just the same as government. And they have the big stick, and that's how they train you. If you start using... So you can pay for ExploreNet. They'd like you to pay for it. In fact, they take it out of your bank every month, you see. You never get a receipt, by the way. I got one in two years. That was just a fluke, I think. It came out of nowhere uh, by email. And that was it. Uh, but they want, you, they want you to pay for it, and they want to take your money for it. They just don't want you to use it. See, that's not a bad idea, bad deal for them, isn't it? Just, just don't use it. But here's what they told me too. And Megan was awful good this way. She says, if you do want to use it, you can use it in the middle of the night, up until 5 a.m. I thought, boy, this is great. Where's all this stuff on their contract when you join up on the darn thing? You've got to be an, an insomniac to use ExploreNet. It's incredible what people get away with and corporations get away with. But then again, as I say, how many other people is doing this with? Or is it the old boys network saying so-and-so is a problem? And I'll keep mentioning this problem until they take me off their little automatic company backlist 
I'll keep mentioning it because, you see, at least I'm doing my duty and telling potential customers what's going on with me, and it will happen with them too. Unless they can get it in writing, they will not be cut back. Unless they can get it in writing to tell them exactly how much bandwidth they can use a month, there's not even a site you can go into to find out. There's nothing. It's all this big mystery. Give us, give us your money, and, and let's just hope. And every time, can you imagine how many people, this has happened to, I've looked into the ExploreNet complaints uh, as a site out there. People have had, had bad experiences with them. There's so many of them, and they all see the same thing. They get the guys out umpteen times to fix their satellite, and they pay two, $300 a time for this kind of stuff just to get it trained in again, only to find out that the ExploreNet is doing it. See, ExploreNet won't tell you. I'm surprised Megan slipped up last night and actually told me uh, that it had me on this rollback thing. Everybody else I've spoken to there wouldn't mention that at all because they want to take your money, you see. Well, they want me to make you think it's your problem and it's your equipment. Isn't that called lying? Isn't that called lying to the public? And there's going to be some laws under the business bureaus and so on to deal with this because I say there's nothing there there's nothing there explaining their fair use policy when you sign on. And I'm not using what I would call a lot of bandwidth. I'm not using it. I'm not putting videos up there every day like a lot of people do. So if Explorer is listening in, I'll wait and see what happens tonight. Because I see the last time I mentioned this, they cut me off that very night and then blamed my satellite for it, my dish. And that lightened my wallet a good bit, as you remember. Only to find out, yep, thanks, Megan, at least you told me. It's an automatic. And last night at 8.18 p.m., she says, uh, it is, I, I breached my limit. That's what they call it, you breached your limit. I'd only been on 15 minutes. 15 minutes, and my limit was breached. Amazing, eh? So there you go. Be careful out there. Be careful, because... There's an awful lot of this going on, as we all know. Now, having got that beef over, but this tells you where your time goes. You're, you're up till 2 or 3 in, every, in the morning every night with this kind of stuff. Either with the servers or, or with the satellite guys. You know, just going over the media today, and I had one article there where there was... Um, a British scientist who was a, a greenie, of course. They're all getting their, their paychecks from the green environment. And <clears throat> he's asked for religious leaders uh, to tackle climate change by basically telling their, their, their congregations to be all for it, you see. Interesting, too, you know. I mean, this is the, the president of the British Science Association, Lord May. Lord May. And he may indeed say whatever he wants. It says, says faith groups could lead policing of social behavior as well. Faith groups, policing of social behavior. I've said before, you think Nazism was bad, National Socialism or Communism, which is International Socialism, is bad. You ain't seen nothing yet as to what's coming down the pike. And I know the listeners here are far better educated than the general public who haven't a clue. They adapt into everything, but um, it's going to get a lot, lot worse. We're seeing it all manifest now as authorities and services, I should say, become authorities in every single area. 
you're, you're all supposed to just go green, you see. So now they want all the religious groups uh, to go green as well. But they also want them to police the behavior of the congregations. Everybody's spying on each other to see if, if, if they're praying to Jesus and, and going green enough at the same time. Maybe they'll have to pay some extra polluting fee for lighting the candles at Mass. You know, that carbon comes off. Do you know how much energy goes into creating that candle as well? This is the farce of this nightmare called the New World Order, and it's just starting to really manifest. Back with more after these messages. Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And that article uh, from uh, the Lord, the British Lord May, um, that wants the, to have the ministers teaching the congregations how to police themselves for social behaviour and are they going green enough and all the rest of it, uh, I think is in it's in it's, just, it's part of the British Science Festival writes up in the Guardian.co.uk right up so you can imagine that everybody's going green it's, it's amazing I don't know if you've ever saw the movie uh, it was um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers where in the middle of the night uh, I don't know how they got there but these alien pods came they were like, they were like long green beans and uh, they, they would copy uh, the people who were sleeping and each pod would, would create a replica of them they would look just like the original person. Then the original person, of course, I guess, was just sucked up or something. They disappear, and they'd have the same traits, same habits, but there was something different about them. And, and eventually, the, the, there's only a few people left who have not gone green. You see, and uh, uh, the greenies are, have, have a couple of people trapped in a kitchen. They say, "No, join us, join us, join us." You know, you, you, all those worries and all those fears you have will be over. You'll understand everything once you go green. You see. And that's just what it's like, isn't it? Be one. Be one with us. Go green. And one day, you'll, you'll wake up and, and your spouse will be all green, right next to the bed with you. And a, a withered pod at another side of the bed, that's where they came from. They've gone green. Everybody's gone green. And I'm telling you, at least you can laugh about this because it's serious business. This is to be the big stick, the sustainability stuff to change our entire behavior so that a few, a few can rule the world the way their ancestors planned it to be. That's exactly what it is. And this is the excuse they've come up with. And it's getting taught as facts. There's no facts about it, even the global warming's fitted into climate change and so on and so on. But they've got what they wanted. And they won't change, I'm telling you. They will not change their agenda Come hell or high water, they ain't going to change it. Because everything banks on us giving up every possible right over a period of time again, incremental Fabian style, until we emerge into a new system. And we, we won't even think of ourselves as slaves. Only a few of us will know. The rest, of course, to adapt, disadapt into it without thinking. That's the way it really, really is. And I've talked before about United Nations, the big front organization 
that was set up to bring all of this in, all of this in. And it was set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs-CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, as a front organization to bring in a form of international socialism, which really means a bureaucratic elite, massive bureaucratic elite, running all the peasantry down below, micromanaging their lives, right down to the last detail. Even if you've been the first detail, that's if you're even going to be conceived by law. I'm not kidding you. And every law that's passed on housing and greening and can you sell your house is coming up shortly. Can you sell your house because it isn't green enough, it's not insulated enough, it doesn't have the latest yada, 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 until you'll all be walking away from your, from your homes. That's coming up too. That's part of it. That's part of Agenda 21. Agenda 21 from the United Nations. That no newcaster will ever go through with you. Just like no, no newscaster will go through the NAFTA deal for the unification of the Americas. It's not their job to tell you the truth. They tell you little things about sports and stuff like that and what happens in Hollywood. That's their job, but to keep you off the main topics. This article here is from The Telegraph, and it says here, 7th of September 2009, the United Nations wants new global currency to replace the dollar. It says the dollar should be replaced with a global currency, the UN has said, proposing the biggest overhaul of the world's monetary system since the Second World War by Edmund Conway, economics editor. It says a number of countries, including China and Russia, have suggested replacing the dollar as the world's reserve currency. In a radical report, the UN Conference on Trade and Development, it's called UNCTAD, 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 I guess it's the uncle, UNCTAD, they're changing it a little bit, that's the tad bit, has said the system of currencies and capital rules which binds the world's economy is not working properly, at least they've noticed, eh? and was largely responsible for the financial and economic crisis. Was it really? That's why it was, eh? The system of currencies and capital rules, that's what caused the crisis. It wasn't greedy bankers and, and, and Ponzi schemes, was it? Hmm? Because that's what it said in the newspapers at the time, all Ponzi schemes, big bubbles, nothing to do with what kind of currency you were using. But what does reality have to do with the United Nations? It added that the present system under which the dollar acts as the world's reserve currency should be subject to wholesale reconsideration. It says, although a number of countries, including China and Russia, have suggested replacing it, blah, blah, blah. It says, the, the first time this UNCTAD report says it's the first major multinational institution has, has posted such a suggestion. In other words, everyone's ganging up on the U.S. It calls for a new Bretton Woods-style system of managed international exchange rates, meaning central banks would be forced to intervene and either support or push down their currencies, depending on how the rest of the economy, the world economy, is behaving. The proposals would also imply that surplus nations such as China and Germany should stimulate their economies further in order to cut their own imbalances rather than, as in the present, deficit nations such as the UK and US having to take the main burden of the adjustment. It's equal poverty is what they're advocating. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
through the matrix, reading an article from the Telegraph to do with replacing the dollar. It says here, replacing the dollar with an artificial currency. What is the dollar? Would solve some of the problems related to the potential of countries large, running large deficits and would help stability, said Detlef Cote, one of the report's authors. But you will also need a system of managed exchange rates. Countries should keep real exchange rates adjusted for inflation stable. Central banks would have to intervene, and if not, they would have to be told to do so by a multilateral institution such as the International Monetary Fund. Now, I told you before that the International Monetary Fund was designed to take over and push this idea of the World Bank idea, be basically the intermediate for the World Bank for the whole planet. So this is getting risen up. Every part of the UN has been risen up to its proper place now. That's what it was designed to be, as the master of the, the world, at least the, the front man master of the planet. This is a proposal included in UNCTAD's annual trade and development report amounts to the most radical suggestions for redesigning the global monetary system. Although many economists have pointed out that the economic crisis owed more to the malfunctioning of the post-Bretton Woods system, until now no major institution, including the G20, has come up with an alternative. So, so we're all going on our ways, we're all global, and uh, they'll still want the U.S., mind you, to pay the lion's share across the planet for the United Nations, regardless of the currency. Because that's how they look upon the taxpayer of the U.S. as just one big, endless, you know, pit, money pit to, to, for, for the massive bureaucracies of the United Nations. And they are massive. The big fat pension plans and paychecks and so on. Because everything in the world, you see, has always been run on corruption. No matter what face you put on, there's always corruption behind it. Always under the face of altruism and stuff like that. Quite something. And, you know, all this stuff about injections, inoculations, and mandatory this and mandatory that, and all the rest of it. The system where, as I say, the proper place, once again, where of medicine is to get risen up to its powerful status, where they can order public to do things. That's what they wrote about when they first created the United Nations, and even before, uh, when it did their little baby precursor, you know, the, the League of Nations, they said it would be risen up to an authority. And here it comes, you see. And they're injecting all kinds of the stuff in their children on behalf of Big Pharma. And it's amazing when you follow who's who in pharma to find out that they worked in government in certain departments where they put bills forward. Then they go back into Big Pharma again, and they get, they get all the... the, the uh, the orders coming in from government because they set it up in the first place. Everything is totally corrupt. Totally corrupt. The higher up you go, the more corrupt it is. And people don't want to believe that. They want to believe the TV version or, or the stuff they get on the soaps or the movies. They want to believe, they want to believe that, that, that somehow the higher up they go, the more altruistic and sincere and virtuous is the person. I don't know what a great con that is to make us all want to believe that. Because the opposite is always true. Opposite is always true. This article here is from Times Online. Uh, you've all heard about Gardasil and how they were pushing that on the young, uh, young girls and so on. It says, uh, the right after school activities are your child's first branding moments, it says here. Then it goes to scroll it down, it says, 
If you question your doctor, you might lose your child. Sunday Times, September 6, 2009. It says, Ashley Cave, this young girl, lost the use of her legs, paralyzed, after a vaccination by Daniel Fogel. Parents are being threatened with having their children taken into care after questioning doctors' diagnosis or objecting to their medical care. John Hemming, a Liberal Democrat member of Parliament who campaigns to stop injustices in the family court, court said very often care proceedings are used as retaliation by local authorities against uppity people who question the system. Now, for those who live outside of Britain, they can't really imagine that, although you're seeing the same kind of things manifest everywhere else, in the US, Canada, and so on. See, Britain has always been run by this uh, elite, it's called the establishment, but, it, but it's run on a socialistic-type manner for all those at the bottom. And if you were standing in a line for something and you were the only person to question, why is this line taking so long? Uh, cameras, everything would look upon you. You'd, oh, you'd broken a taboo. You, you'd be asked a question. You're supposed to just behave and do what you're told. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That's what people notice when they go to Britain, how placid people are in lineups and queues and all the rest of it. It's because they've been trained that they're all the same. All, you're really nothing, you see. So just stand there as a nothing. And maybe you'll get your turn eventually. You see? Uppity people, they call them, those who complain. It says cases are emerging across the UK. Cases of, as I say, retaliation by local authorities. The mother of a 13-year-old girl who became partly paralyzed after being given a cervical cancer vaccination at Gardasil says social workers have told her the child may be removed if she, the mother, continues to link her condition with the vaccination. Now, it's in the possible side effects of the vaccination, paralysis, etc. But don't dare mention it, you see. And it says... Um, it says um, a couple had all six, one couple had all six of their children removed from their care after they disputed the necessity of an invasive medical test on their eldest daughter. daughter. Doctors who suspected she might have a blood disease called for social services to obtain an emergency protection order, although it was subsequently confirmed that she was not suffering from the condition. The parents were still considered, considered unstable, and all their children were taken away from them. If you question anything, huh, that's it. Parents just happen to be right in this, but it doesn't make any difference. Says a single mother whose teenage son is terminally ill and confined to a wheelchair has been told he is to become the subject of a care order after she complained that her local authority's failure to provide bathroom facilities for him has left her struggling to maintain sanitary standards. In the first of those cases, Ashley Cave, 13, from Liverpool, began the one with the Gardasil, began experiencing severe headaches and dizziness half an hour after being inoculated last October with Cervarix, which is the same, which guards girls, which may guard, I should put may in there because it hasn't been proven, against girls contracting the human, some, excuse, oh, I hate how they word things here, contracting the human papillomavirus is supposed to guard against two or three of all the variety of them, supposed to. The schoolgirl was soon collapsing. Repeatedly, she lost the use of her legs and was admitted to Alder Hay Children's Hospital. Nearly 11 months later, she's still in the hospital and unable to stand or walk unaided. Her mother, Cheryl, has now been told that doctors believe her condition must be psychosomatic. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. You had seizures and felt paralyzed after that shot. 
even though it is contradicted. It's possible a side effect down there, you see. Got to protect big pharma. Got to protect the doctors. They don't like lawsuits. They don't like that. So what they do, they get local authorities to confiscate your children. End the problem. Simple, isn't it? Says the hospital brought in social workers from the local authority who told me they're considering putting Ashley on an at-risk register. Cheryl Cave said she has convinced her daughter's paralysis was caused by the vaccination. Cave said a social worker from Sefton Council said she suspected her of having Munchausen's syndrome by proxy. I hope they love to read this stuff, you know. A social worker. Uh, or factitious illness syndrome. Controversial conditions in which mothers are said to attribute illnesses falsely to their children in order to gain attention. I guess that's a good way of getting attention. Your, your, your daughter goes paralyzed, eh? You put a few amazing little words out there, eh? Munchausen's syndrome by proxy. And suddenly every social worker is, oh, that's probably what they've all got. The whole population's got it. That's what happens in these people, you know. It goes through them like a fant for a while. Cave said the social worker said I should stop believing the injection has anything to do with Ashley's condition because I'm putting my thoughts onto her and stopping her getting well. It's all the mum's fault. Wasn't pharma, wasn't doctor with inoculation. No, no. No. Since Ashley was in the hospital, she'd become incontinent incontinent and had a double kidney infection and chest infections. Have I made all these up? You see? That's, again, standard what comes down with the paralysis and so on. You end up with that. In the third of these cases, Melvilla, Gavin Langley's 16-year-old son, Omar, is terminally ill with Duchenne muscular dystrophy and restricted to a wheelchair. His mother's embroiled in a legal dispute with Birmingham City Council over a partly completed extension intended to provide Omar with easy access to the bathroom. Gavin Langley, 49, who wants the extension rebuilt because she says it was designed in a way that was dangerous and obstructed access to sewers, said... I have to, had to carry Omar upstairs to bathe him, but was risking dislocating his shoulders, and also I got a hernia from all the lifting. I told the council I could no longer lift Omar across my back. They then turned her around and said I could no longer care for my son. So she complained about the fact that she could no longer lift the guy on, on her back. And so this took the son away. She says... They have just threatened me with this because they don't like me taking legal action against them. That's a fact. They don't. They really don't because she, these, these authorities, believe her, they're just the Soviet system. They're copied on the Soviet system. And they do retaliate big time. This is all through our system now. You see, all these services are now authorities. Even though they're all paid by the taxpayer, we're post-democratic. They're not responsible to you. You understand? That's what the Club Rome said. Democracy was too cumbersome to get rid of it so we can get their agendas through. And it's all out really in the open now. Coming down fast. Uh, there's Maggie from Texas on the phone line. I'll see if I grab her. Are you there, Maggie? Yes. Uh, good evening, <clears throat> Alan. I was just wondering whether you believe that... <clears throat> that there might be any way to fight the, um, let's say, the Illuminati's, um, fight them by using their refusal ever to deviate from the game plan against them. I know that there are martial arts systems in which you use the enemy's 
strength against them. And I, I wondered if, if you can see any counterpart here. What is your take on that? The counterpart is really easy, but it won't, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it won't happen, but it's very easy because, you see, everything. That, see, we have this idea in our head that government certainly is big, but you understand the population is an awful, 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 awful lot bigger. And all it takes is for the people to say no. On any particular mm-hmm. issue, they all say no. Because government, no matter how ridiculous the, the, the laws and legislation they put through, need our cooperation to go along with those laws. They really need us to consent to it. And we consent by saying nothing. That's, that is a legal fact. Uh, silence is consent. And because of that, they go ahead, and then they start using those laws on people as laws. Um, we could bring the country to a standstill on any issue if enough people just said, no, that's it, today I'm not going out to work, today I'm not doing this, today I'm not doing that, whatever it was. And you get attention very quickly. They'd have to ask you what you wanted. You see, for the first time ever, they'd ask you what you, what you wanted. But we've been trained... And since about 1960 onwards, gradually through again being happy, having fun and credit cards and playing, uh, not to be involved in politics at all and to actually leave it to what we think is experts. Very quietly at first this came in and, and gradually we sort of accepted it without really thinking it through consciously and that's why most folk are today. They just accept that governments are somehow super powerful, special people up there. And, and, and we're out of the picture. We just do what we're told now. We have been trained just to do what we're told. This is the dream of totalitarians, which is manifesting right now. But if, if people, for instance, when they put the gas prices out of sight, uh, if people have stopped using, uh, they're going to work for uh, one or two days, stop filling up on gas across a country, well, they're going to arrest all of you? They can't do it. It's the same with food too, the GMO, and all the other things that they're doing, and mass inoculations. If the folk just all said no, what are they going to do? Arrest the, the whole nation? How could they do it? It's impossible. Government really is pretty small. It's the image we have in our minds, and that's all government is, remember, is an idea. Government is it's like money. It's an idea. And uh, in our minds, it seems so colossal because of the constant daily repetition of news and government. It seems massively huge, but it isn't. The only huge thing is the salaries and all the taxes they take <laughs> off you, but, but in reality, it isn't a huge thing. And what could they do if enough people in this state even, in one state or a couple of states, said no? Just like Gandhi, nope, nope. They can't lock you all up. It's impossible to lock, lock mm-hmm. you all up. Saying no. Yeah, you you seem to be saying that won't that won't happen, and yet yeah. you're out here educating people every night. So I yeah. hope you don't mean that. Yeah, you you will find there will be groups who will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the elite have divided and conquered, divided and conquered down to a micro level. That uh, they have not only the gender is split now; they have they have micro gender in between. It's all right. split. Everybody's split with everybody else here. And they're all after their own little thing because they all belong to, to different groups that have been laid on for them to join. Um, but they don't stand together collectively as humanity and say, enough. And the, the, the elite know this. Um, 
when you look back at the massive demonstrations there were during the 70s and 80s all across the world against the atomic bomb. And you'd have families in the street there, their children would be with them, there was no banging of drums and all in like carnival atmosphere. They just had their posters and ordinary folk with families, thousands and thousands of them, protesting about certain things. And that had an image that stuck with you. What happened after 9-11? It just vanished, you see. After um, 9-11 is when it vanished? Or 9-11 was the incident that showed that it no longer existed? That's right. That showed it no longer existed. Then, too, government did come down on protests of all kinds. We've seen it for the previous G20 meetings uh, when they came down really hard on anyone who protested against um, global governance. In fact, that's what Kissinger said in his speech, I think it was in France or Germany, when they asked him uh, to define from America's standards what a terrorist is, he said it's anyone who's against uh, the, the, inter the new international global order. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. So um, they're going to stand no nonsense, in other words. However, um, I don't care if they turned up the military or whoever. If you had enough people, most of the people stand up and say enough is enough. We're not complying. Uh, what they're going to do, arrest the whole of the population. Who's going to arrest the whole of the population? How could they even try and do it? You know, they can't do it. Okay, but well, that's thanks. really the power that we do have if we want to take it. Say no. Enough. Yep. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for calling. I'll be back with more after this break. Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And just before I go, I should mention Agenda 21. Everyone, everyone goes along without thinking as to how all these proposals and, and laws came into being. And you have to go back in time to the 90s, really, when it came out into the open, at least in certain magazines and certain quarters. Agenda 21, the United Nations Plan for Your Sustainable Community. Your Sustainable Community. It's, it's communitarianism, as Bush Sr. called it, or collectivism, as the Club of Rome called it. This is by Berit Kios. I've mentioned this before. I've read of it before, maybe a year ago. This is from 1998. It says, there's a quote here, Murray Strong, at the opening of the 1992 UN Conference on Environmental environment and development and remember he is the Rockefeller boy and the United Nations boy current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class involving high meat intake that's why it's all gone vegetarian by the way it was decided by these boys way above you it says um, the use of fossil fuels appliances home and workplace air conditioning and suburban houses are not sustainable so you can tell you're going to get knocked out of suburbs and placed into the cities 
It is a shift of is necessary which will require a vast strengthening of the multilateral system, that's the global system, including the United Nations. That's what he said in his opening speech at the 1992 UN Conference on Environment and Development. And it says here, This global contract binds all nations and spreading regions to the collective vision of sustainable development. They must commit to pursue the three E's of sustainability, environment, economy, and equity. Referring to the UN Blueprint for Environmental Regulations, Economic Regulations, and Social Equity. Agenda 21, the UN Blueprint for Global Transformation, sounds good to many well-meaning people, drafted for the purpose of creating sustainable societies, has been welcomed by nations around the world. Political, cultural, and media leaders have embraced its alluring visions of social justice and a healthy planet. They hide the lies behind its doomsday scenarios and fraudulent science. Relatively few consider the contrary facts and colossal costs. After all, what could be wrong with preserving resources for the next generation? Why not limit consumption and reduce energy use? Why not abolish poverty and establish a global welfare system to train parents, monitor intolerance, and meet all our needs? Why not save the planet by trading cars for bikes, an open market for self-sustaining communities, and single dwellings for dense human settlements located on transit lines where everyone would dialogue, share common ground, and be equal? The answer is simple. Marxist economics have never worked. Socialism produces poverty, not prosperity. Collectivism creates oppression, not freedom. Trusting environmental scientists who depend on government funding and must produce politically useful information will lead to economic and social disaster. I'll put this link up on my website, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, at the end of tonight's show. That's if... ExploreNet will let me load up anything to the net. We'll see. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.